Hi, come on in, grab a snack. Welcome to Bob and Joyce. We have a good program today and hope you leave with good ideas and by all means, a few good laughs. We want to support you doing bold work. Hey, good morning, morning, Joyce. (laughs) I'm drinking tea, not coffee, so I'm shocked every time I pick up the mug. Well, Um, at least you got a snack and you're inside. That's right. And I'm in my office um, for the first time in quite a while, and I picked up a piece of paper that talked about the CEOOD partnership. I interviewed some, most of the CEOs I worked with to ask, what do you, what do you need from that OD person? So anyhow, I thought maybe we could play with that. Gosh, I'm, I'm cringing because there's another great example of something I wish I had done in a more, you know, concrete way, because huh. if I think about my uh, roles in HR and particularly OD, uh, unlike uh other positions that are more task-driven and specific in terms of assignment and deliverables. deliverables. Um, I think OD in many respects is a lot more porous and a lot more open-ended. So uh, yeah, I think this is a great topic. So uh, why don't you jump in and kind of share why the heck did you even do that? I like how you said deliverable. deliverable. You know, I almost, okay, we need to laugh. I was going to ask you, Try saying deliverables <laughs> five times at 9.30 in the morning. Deliverables, deliverables. Like there's some word in Neolithic. Um, we've been watching an archaeology thing. It's their spear, and it's called something like atletal. And I can't, I laugh every time I hear it. Just the sound makes me happy. But don't throw <laughs> well, your atletal at me. Well, you remember from our time together, sometimes I would invent or change the, uh, the wording and you would actually say, you know, I like that better than others. Yeah. <laughs> what, was, what was the big one when you have? Uh, well, there was one succinct. And I think one time you said succinct. And I thought, oh, that's perfect. Well, but, and then I think once I said status cling. Yeah, that's you remember right. that? <laughs> 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 and, then, and then from then on, we all wanted status cling. Yeah. I'm going to go to lunch with the CEO. I need some status cling. All right. <laughs> okay. We're going to actually give you something concrete, maybe. Okay. Um, let's get serious. So anyhow, actually, I did a workshop in partnership with a CEO. And in preparation, I went around and talked to, and we were in a large company, so it wasn't hard to knock on the door of a CEO or call Indonesia. One thing was start small. If you have an idea, a big idea that you want to do, then do it where it's not going to do any damage. Number one, you're going to position it as a pilot, position it as an experiment. So your hat's not hanging on it. Nobody's is. So that at the end of the starting small with a concrete idea, you can say, "Uh oh, that didn't work. (laughs) Uh Oh, let's not do that. So underlying quite a bit of this was um, saving face for the CEO because at at that time, uh, and I don't want us to sound like that ancient, um, to break out of the mold and do bolder things, the CEO needed to not look foolish. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this, and I know you've got more uh, to share. 
can can being bold and being small coexist? Yes. Give me an example. Um, I wanted to do uh, a 350 person <laughs> meeting with um, all the store managers to create a vision for the company. And I wanted to start it with guided imagery. Ah. And so I uh, asked the CEO about it. And I can't remember which we did. I think we did it with his group and it was more powerful. They were stuck in word babble for strategy. Yep. And so even though it was a little awkward, um, I think I brought in somebody from the Boston uh, consulting group and to do it with the big wigs. Yeah. And they loved it. So then I went to the CEO and he said, uh, we're a food retailer. This won't fly. I said, well, let's, can we try it with a group of retail people? And so we did, and they got energized and excited. And, and um, then uh, he was a new CEO and needed to go around and meet everybody and get hands-on. And he was wanting to create a vision. <clears throat> and I said, oh, God, my rule number one is CEOs should never create the vision for a company. You've got to get a sample of the people or whatever. Anyhow, that's where, I don't know why and I don't know the next step for taking it one step further but we did do a big meeting with 150 people and I think you were there at that one yeah yeah I think I mean, we, that's when we started to co-facilitate it and it worked yeah. um so we we did and then another time we can talk about the design but it did involve um about a 15 minute guided imagery of the future and what you saw as store managers and directors in the future, <clears throat> very granular, very specific. And then they had to somehow put that together. And then we took that, the vision from uh, district to district. So at the end, something like 3,500 people had modified it or touched it or lived it. And uh, that's the one where your easel started to lean back. So the only person who could read what I was writing was, you know, me. Right. And, yeah. So um, I remember that because uh, uh, you, I was still cutting my teeth. I was pretty brand new to HR and OD. And you so graciously gave me the role of, of uh, doing the guided imagery. Yeah. And to this day, I still have uh, memories of you practicing it or me mm -hmm. practicing it. Wow, yeah. Slow down, slow down. And uh, at the end of that, people used to refer to me as like the the uh, imagery guy. <laughs> oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. And I, well, and we would do it in hotels or wherever. And I'd have to get that staff together and say, during the guided imagery, we're creating it. You don't come in with glasses or banging the doors or anything like that. And half of the places we went said, this is a company, it's praying. Don't go in when they're praying. <laughs> <laughs> so Joyce, uh, I, I wanna continue uh, hearing what other mandates or at least- but That's an uh, example of selling it through starting small. And if well, I had to say one thing, boy, that's it. Yeah, and, and uh, this may be the same thing. Uh, I think it is. Um, you taught me and others early on 
that when you start small, call it a pilot or call it an experiment. And, and when, when you kind of lay something out, and I use that my whole career, when we were doing something for the first time, just being totally transparent, you know, this is something we're doing. It's the first time we're going to learn. We're probably going to stop at the end of every day and get your feedback, what worked, what didn't. But that, that starting small or putting a label on it like pilot, it, it kind of took the pressure to perform down a notch. Yep. And we were, you know, my, my goal certainly was to have learning be at the heart of the company. And so no matter what you did, a lot of times at every meeting, I'd say, okay, what worked, what didn't. And one time it saved my, in a meeting with the top board members, because I said that we're going to do an experiment, but otherwise I would have been killed. Okay. The next one, this is a quote, don't make me look silly. You bear the brunt. Oh, I'm grimacing. Go ahead. No, I mean, that was it. Uh, And um, because at one point I asked the CEO, why did you let me sometimes do such bold work? He said, I knew you were willing to take it on the chin. It would belong to you if it didn't work. And it would belong to us if it did. And he said, I don't mean that as a scapegoat. It's just, it allows me, me, the CEO to be bolder. And I was willing. Is, is, that, um, is that an example we've used uh, leading and serving? Is that one or the other or a little bit of both this, in terms of taking it on as an OD practitioner? That's leading. On. that's leading and serving. <laughs> okay, I, I thought it might be, but yeah. uh, I think that's, it's, so it's serving, I get that. Don't make your CEO look silly, but you're also leading the way like almost well and we were negotiating how do we do something bold yeah and i trust i trust something in me so i'm going to say it now i can be sort of lucille ballish when i'm in the mood but when i want to switch to something serious i switch yeah so and when i switched i still carried authority even if i'd been playing hopscotch in the boardroom. I don't know how to explain that. All right, here's another good one. Well, wait, I, I'm not gonna let you go on. I, I think you just plopped a good nugget about um, you know, being willing to be vulnerable, being willing to kind of put yourself out there as an example, uh, uh, not to be silly, but to kind of have a learning moment and then the ability to kind of shift it so you don't always seem like um, Mr. Light and, and uh, Miss Light. Mm-hmm. You can really get practical and, and pretty demanding. Um, yeah. So let me ask you this. Is there, um, because we're talking in today's leadership about being yourself and being vulnerable and exposing and letting people see all sides of you, is there ever a time for a CEO to look silly? If it's authentic. Okay. <laughs> if well, not, I, you'll look like an ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Hey, I, I, have to, I have to put a cursing warning. The last couple of episodes, I've had to say that there are a couple of curse words slipped in, and I was hoping we'd get through this today. But oh, yeah. ass is a noun. Um, oh, okay. Anyway, another one. All right. Um, everybody said the the bolder it is in terms of approach, 
the more important it is that the business need is very clear why we're doing it. And it needs to either frame strategy or move the needle of the company in terms of understanding. And I got worse and worse at that. <laughs> the more experienced I was. So I sometimes had, didn't make, never mind. One should do this. I can remember times when I was sloppy about it and they were not my best. And meaning if you built in a team building thing, set that context, tell, tell exactly why and debrief it well. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really cringing. I'm, I'm not ready to share my biggest blobber. <clears throat> um, but it's, but point made. I think oftentimes yeah. we can be either so steeped in it that we make the assumption that it'll be self-evident. But I think, um, and I like the combination of boldness and in that space, create uh, context for where you are yeah. and where we're going. So good. Yeah. I'm thinking about a 150 person meeting and it was on, um, see, I don't even know. It's where I had everybody bring it was on innovation, have everybody bring a product that they thought was going to hit the market that would be good. And they came and they put them and we labeled them on a table and we, people were, we didn't do enough with them. Yeah. And all we needed to do in terms of innovation was take a time with, could have been two days on just taking a product, bringing it in, say, why did you think? What did you see here? And then extrapolate from that. So if you saw a new design, and whatever, um, new design and new shape, eh, that's the same thing. But anyway, then say, in what ways can we use those functions in our retail stores or in retail? Okay, here's uh, different salts are now in. Somebody brought like Himalayan pink salt, it was new at the time. And, um, you know, if I just would have raised each of those items to say, okay, suddenly salt is big. Tell me in what way can we relate that to retail? Well, what if we had different peppers or meaning salt pepper, the black pepper, anyhow. Well, you, you I know, got it garbled. I garbled a three day. Well, but I, I, you know, and here I go again, thinking I can thread the needle for you. What yeah, I'm hearing, me. He's rescuing me, people. <laughs> well, what I'm hearing is oftentimes, whether it's metaphor or something symbolic that you ask people to bring that represents something in their thinking, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, to me, it's kind of coming at uh, the topic in a way that creates ideas uh, and introduces new thinking to the system. And I'm hearing, don't underestimate the power of someone bringing something, whether it's a story, a metaphor, something physical mm -hmm. uh, to uh, uh, bring new ideas and thoughts into the room. Yeah, we can, and we can talk about that more when we talk about search conference. Uh, here's one, let's do, have at least a 10th of the people who are gonna be in the room already on your side. <laughs> okay. By I'm... explaining what's going to happen or giving them a role. Like I had um, store managers facilitate. Yeah. I would meet with them an hour before a 400 person meeting and say, here's some rules. You're the host, make it work. But, um, and whenever I betrayed that, and, and we're talking for pretty bold 
Yeah, it doesn't need to be bold. Even if there are 10 people, it's good to have somebody truly on your side that gets it. Yeah. And, and so regardless of the circumstance, would you say that's a general rule that applies to any kind of group event or uh, facilitation that you somehow? Well, yeah, I do. If you're, okay. if you're massaging something new yeah. into the company to get as many people dipped in it ahead of time. And I never had any resistance after. Yeah. I would meet with uh, people that were gonna be important in any meeting ahead of time. Say, here's yeah. what you're trying to do. Here's some pitfalls, help me. I would like you to do this. I would like you to do that. Um, we always ended up having about 20 co-creators in the room. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that. I'm thinking of kind of distributive ownership uh, that mm -hmm. literally you come into the room with that group already owning the success of the process right. that uh, I don't know if it takes pressure off you, but you, yeah. So that's a good one. How about another one, Joyce? Okay. Um, the CEOs said this for sure. Um, they had to have their voice ready and be bought in enough to give legitimacy to what was going to happen. And, you know, it, it began to be once when you work inside, they'd say, well, you know, Joyce, we're not sure how we're going to do this, but here is the purpose and here's how it helps our business. And here's why it matters. And, and whether it's more fully engaged people or measuring our sales differently from, from coming in the back door and going out, whatever it is, make sure that it's, um, but matters yeah. that the, fo the focus of the thing matters. But if it was a retreat, also um, all the CEOs and I always betrayed this uh, said, um, leave a lot of open space for people just to talk. The in, you know the meetings in the hallways oh, and yeah. the golf course and the swimming pool are more important than what you're doing, Joyce. <laughs> Well, it's absolutely so true. So I want to test something. So I'm hearing not only the message, but you're saying it it coming from the leader's voice with enough frequency to, to make it authentic and compelling. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Okay. And the other, the other thing they said they liked that I did was I often built an important meeting around a book. Um that had it that met the need of the company so everybody got a book it, it made us it made it seem it didn't make it seem it made it broader than our company yeah i, I don't know go ahead well here's one i have written down that the event must accelerate or galvanize results if not don't do it i love that yeah you know, uh, how many meetings have you been in search of a purpose uh, right. or a mandate? Um, yeah. And the other was, uh, big one was, um, if you bring in an outside consultant to help, sometimes that adds legitimacy or watch it yourself, Mr. or Mrs. Ms. O.D. Um, you've got to speak the language of the business it's not about what their it's not about what their work is about, huh? <laughs> I can't read the sentence. The focus has to be on the business. 
again and again and again and again. Yeah, I have. And I'm, don't don't speak OD language. Speak you know, Joyce, the language of the company. Joyce, I'm cringing. Oh, I am uh, too. Because I think <laughs> of I think of so many instances where I brought in uh, an outside voice, and either through my inadequacy to prepare them or mm -hmm. being helpful in terms of what to expect, mm -hmm. they would come in and by their words would delegitimize themselves, Ugh. you know, uh, as a way of prefacing, well, I don't know your business as well as you know your business, uh, you know, what, mm -hmm. but it, it, it literally uh, took the air out of whatever message or additive they were bringing. I had one of those happen, and I think it was in Greece, and I literally, in the back of the room was hanging on to the tablecloth. Yeah. And it was when he finished, Judy Gannon said, look at that. The tablecloth was wet. I mean, it was damp from my hands and totally crushed into a rosette. I wanted to get up and kill him. Uh, can I, we're getting close to the end. So can I share a, a story that is both frightening? No, you may not. Okay, go give for it. One, give me one more, Joyce, but I'm going to get my frightening story out there. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I have a good ending one. Uh, da, 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 da. Build in controls if it's a long experiment, even a meeting, so that the CEO can shift it or change it at any time. He can essentially pull the plug if it looks like it's going where he doesn't want it. He or she, I worked most with many women. Oh, man she could pull the plug and say, I'm going to take it in a different direction. So all, I always met with the CEO at any break and said any course corrections that you need, they have to feel in control while not, not well, in the moment they're not. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you those sidebars, those uh, orchestrated breakouts, meaning you get together in the corner are to me where uh, the real magic of pivoting uh, occurs. Uh, you say control, but and I, it gives you a sense of uh, moving uh, the process along. Um, so you don't want to hear my story. Sure. Because you have shared some inc uh, incredibly, what I think, insightful uh, kind of rules of the road for us uh, uh, OD and HR practitioners. And I'm hoping if you have a soft copy of that and you get it to me, I'd like to put it on our Facebook page. Do you sure. think that's possible? Yeah, yeah I, I do. I have. I think we should be doing that a lot more. I so know. shall I do my closing one? My yeah, closing oh, I thought you did. Give us your closing one. Let me. Good. Don't start something like this if you're not open to have it take you to surprising places. Ugh. Tell us Good and bad. I'm in. <laughs> you're complete i'm complete other than no i'm not i'll tell you what and then this is an example of how you can go back and mop up I, a couple times in this i made an assumption or it sounded like assumption that all ceos were male and i want to clarify that because um i worked with one two three four five exceedingly good women ceos wow so now I'm complete. You are complete. I'm going to share this terrifying story because in some respects, it incorporates almost every lesson or nugget that you share today. 
uh, and it's terrifying. Uh, I went to, uh, and, and this is common, so people listening can probably relate to this, where local law firms do a public service, i.e. they really want to get your business. So they'll do an update on employment law, you know, 2021, or if there's something hot happening in, in the legal area, you know, FMLA when that was big. So they would hold these forums around the lunch and invite uh, HR folks to it. So I, I went to one, uh, and I won't say the name of the law firm, uh, up in the Tidewater area in Virginia. And they thought it was really clever to kind of do their update and then during lunch have a stand-up comedian entertain us. They uh, introduced the person, he got up and started sharing the most raunchy stories and jokes that were very sexual in nature. They were very discriminatory. And there wasn't a sound in the audience because we didn't know whether to laugh because are they doing this? Hey, hey this is enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and by the end of the meeting, the CEO who wasn't there this, of this law firm comes into the room and literally takes the guy off stage and proceeds to apologize profusely, which as you know, that to no avail, right? So uh, th that's kind of an extreme, but that whole notion of uh, knowing who is going to be there uh, as your partner and knowing what they're going to, uh, role they're gonna play. That was, to this day, I, I'm still terrified by that event. Oh, and I thought you, it, I thought it reflected on you and it didn't, except in one way. I thought maybe they were doing that in lunch to see if any of you would stop. Yeah. I, and I, say, this is out of line, given our field of work and given what we're doing today. Uh, this, or nobody walked out while well, you were eating, it, nobody it probably, walked out. It was so bad and extreme. After 15 minutes, uh, the, the person who was running the meeting got up and said, I think we're, you know, this is fine. I think we're done. I mean, didn't chastise him, didn't try to sob. And that's where the CEO or the head of this law firm gets up. But the, the, to me, it violated almost every one of the lessons uh, that you have gotten in terms of advice from CEOs. Wow. Wow. Okay. Ooh. No, I, I'm, 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 at least the CEO came in and owned it. Oh, yeah. No, I bet it's tough to clean up when uh, something like that happens. But yeah. anyway, um, let's close it. <laughs> yes, okay. With, with some important words. Oh, I don't know how you do well. I don't know how you do bold whole system work without a strong working partnership with the CEO. And I don't know how you do bold work without having a partner like yourself uh, uh, at your side, co-leading. Thank you. Till the next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at bobandjoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe. And even better, 
give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others to find the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce Podcasts. Until the next time, be well and be safe.